You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. This is our weekly conversations with the CFP edition, where certified financial planners join us to have honest money conversations that guide nurses like you on their path to financial freedom. If you want to get your questions answered, make sure you head over to nursesonfirepodcast.com slash ask to be featured in an upcoming episode. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom. The budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals. The common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this. So head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. All right. Welcome back, Lisa. Hello. Hey. So today we have an interesting topic and it's interesting to me because I'm pretty much clueless about, or not clueless about it, but just not really understanding how this works. And hopefully um, Lisa can clear this up. So what we're going to discuss today is part of the CARES Act where you can now withdraw up to $100,000 out of your retirement account penalty-free. And what does that mean? And who would benefit from that? Why do you think that this was implemented as part of the CARES Act? Great questions. So what we're talking about is being able to take a hundred thousand up to a hundred thousand dollars out of what you said the 403b or the 401k or the ira whatever the instrument is it seems like it applies to all and take it without a 10 percent penalty but you still have to pay taxes on it so we want to make sure that's clear but the cool thing about what they're offering is you could pay those taxes over a three-year period or pay them back And it's almost like it's creating a loan for yourself where you could borrow some money from, by taking that money out, you're not paying interest on it. You're obviously not getting any return on it. And then as long as you pay it back in that three-year period, you would not have to pay income taxes on it. So that's what they're offering up. The reason they did that is makes a lot of sense because as you and I were mentioning before, There are a lot of people who do not have emergency accounts, emergency reserve accounts. And so if they are cut in their income right now and they're not able to pay their bills, this is giving people a choice of using money that they would have used later for their retirement to pay their bills today, not lose their house, be able to eat, be able to, you know, take care of their other financial obligations. So It's a great idea in concept, and I don't know that we've ever seen anything like this happen before, actually, in this way. So it's it's pretty profound that they gave us this tool. The question is, how can we use it wisely? 
Yeah. So just during normal times, when you advise your clients, would you advise them to, to withdraw money from their 401k? No, it's the absolute worst case scenario. And particularly, you know, getting hit with a 10% fee in normal times would be even worse. But the reason we don't want to do that is multi-fold. We don't want to take that money unless it's kind of last resort money because we are, first of all, we might be selling while the market is down. And so we're giving up potential reward for sitting in the, in the market and having it come back in the future. We, most people, when they take money like this, we have to assume, even though your intentions are pure, that you want to return it and put it back in there over the next three years. I don't think we're going to be in an environment where people are going to be feeling like, They've got lots of extra cash. So there's a great chance you won't put it back in. And that means that you might have to work longer than you were planning before you could retire, you know, if that's even an option or retire at a lower standard of living than what you expected. So it's serious. Like we don't want to do it unless we have to. Does that help? Yes. So for me, I'm really trying to understand why this was even included as part of the plan if it could have such a detrimental long-term effect on people i mean like just pulling from the retirement and losing all that money that can potentially grow and the whole point of it is for you to have something later on down the line right and for it to be a hundred thousand dollars that can wipe out somebody's whole retirement i'm just having a hard time grasping why would this be economically beneficial yeah I think it's really in those cases of having to avoid moving or having, you know, the situation where you're not able to keep your car or which you need to get to work with. I mean, these are like big decisions that you're coming up against that you uh, your only option is this, because if you do it now, then the idea is you're going to keep things running smoothly going forward. But again, if there are any other ways that you could get access to money by, you know, we talked about before cutting your expenses, making some hard choices, you're going to want to do all of those before you decide that this is the only option. And it's not telling us right now, like, do you all have, do you have to take it in a lump sum? Can you take it out over a period of time? I mean, these are things that you can talk to your accountant about, that you could talk to your financial advisor about, uh, but you want to see perhaps you might say, well, you know, I need, let's say $5,000 and you have a $100,000 account. Like you don't want to take any more than you absolutely need. So make sure that you have some flexibility in potentially taking a few if you needed it and only if you need it. Could that be possible? Like that's a great question to ask before you go and, you know, we haven't seen, like, it doesn't say one time, but that may be in the code and you'd want to know that. Is it only one time? And then that's a really crappy situation because you're going to have to guess. And also know, because the one thing about this ruling is that you could take, it was one time you took 20,000, you're not sure. 
the minute you know you don't need that money, it needs to go back into that account as fast as possible. So like this is about trusting yourself and being extremely disciplined, treating that money like gold. Yeah. I'm just wondering about people who are more financially savvy and they're just like, oh, now I have access to this $100,000. Is this a good time to use that as a down payment on some like investment property or to, you know, trade in the market while the market is kind of low? What about people who are thinking like, this is just a big opportunity for a cash grab to get into their retirement funds to maximize whatever their financial interest is? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think you and I, we try to be savers as best as we can, but some people have saved up a lot more money than they've saved in any other place in their 401k. And this is like giving a lighter, you know, to like a little kid, like boom. Because what I say is that if you have not had access to that kind of money before, please, please, please know that there is a really good chance it is going to slip through your fingers and it will be gone before you know. Like money is fascinating because some, all these things happen inside of us, like that we don't even really understand. Like all of a sudden I get that car or my husband gets that car that he's wanted or something, you know, just sort of shiny object syndrome comes in and you're right. Maybe it's an investment, but in all fairness right now, unless you've really created a system and you know, let's say the real estate market, which I think is going to have a lag effect on all of this. Like now is not the time to be buying real estate. Let's wait until we see what happens with the economy. And again, experienced investor is going to take a very different approach than a brand new person who says, Hey, this is money for me to set myself up with something. Go very cautiously. What about those people who look at it as an opportunity to roll out money into their IRAs? So we talked about that. This would be where you take the money out of the IRA and you put it like in a Roth IRA. And so you're being able to change the way that the taxes are going to be handled on that money going forward. And there are rules about that that have not gone away. So like if you don't have a hardship or you can't prove that that money was needed for the COVID relief, and you do more than like the six or $7,000 that you can do per the tax code every year, then you are running the risk of being hit with penalties. I wanted to know, it seems like the way that they're defining a hardship, or there's actually no real definition of what constitutes a hardship. So, right, there is no official definition other than affected, meaning the way I interpret that for my own affairs, because I read this stuff and I pay attention and I would never want to be hit with a penalty, is I'd want to show a loss of income in some area of my life. Like, this is what I made last year. This is what I made before COVID. And this is what it was. Like, something to indicate that there was an impact that would, that would pass the know, some test. They're probably never going to ask you any of this stuff, but I like to have it so that I don't get caught off guard. 
Yes. And I think that's what most people should show that they experienced a loss. I don't play with the IRS and I hope you don't either. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) never. (laughs) For people who think that they may be experiencing a hardship and may possibly want to tap into these funds, what do you recommend them do? The arrangement would be contacting, if you're employed, contacting your employer, going through the process that they're going to designate. My guess is, is with the 403B, they have a loan process already set up. Is that right? Just like a 401k would? Mm -hmm, Yep. And so instead of it being 50,000, which I think was what a lot of 401ks limited in the past, now it would be increased. And then you have that ability over that three-year period to pay it back into that account. So you could do that. If you have an IRA, then you would approach your financial advisor that is managing that money and you would find out the process of how they're going to get that money to you. And the goal is if this is something that you should only tap into if it's a dire emergency and if you have to create a plan to pay it back as soon as possible, right? So see what, and and maybe even use that plan to help you in deciding how much you take. Because again, every dollar matters. You don't want to pay back any more than you have to. I mean, you don't want to have a big obligation, you know, three years from now. So see what is reasonable. What could you do based on your salary and when things return to normal, how long would it take you to pay that money back and and use that to help you decide. Right. So in summary, this is not something you should take lightly. This is something that you should talk to a professional about before approaching. And you really should have a solid plan around how much you take and how quickly you can pay it back. So Although it might seem like an excellent opportunity to get to a whole bunch of money that you previously didn't have access to, look at it as your last bottom of the barrel kind of like emergency fund. Yep. Great food for thought. Okay. Well, Lisa, this was great. Another informative episode. I'm sure people will have a lot of takeaways from this. And I definitely do. I actually think I'm going to call my 403B administrator just to ask We'll touch bases about it briefly again, but thank you. Thank you. We hope that you've enjoyed the episode and that you've learned something new to set you on your path to financial independence. If you love this episode, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want us to go over your financial situation or have your questions answered, head on over to Nurses on Fire podcast slash ask and have us do an analysis of your individual financial situation. And don't worry, we'll keep you anonymous.